This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What's up and welcome back to the Kind of Funny Games cast. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by one of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg Miller. Hello, Tim. I, I got to give you a shout out. Is your background colors always this for Gamescast or is this a new development? Uh, I I do it when I remember to do it. So it's either hit or miss where I change the background or I have screencast red rod for three days. And then I'm like, oh, that's a mistake. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? Well, either way, I appreciate it. It looks fantastic. You dialed you. in the colors. And this is I what I like to see when Kevin's not here. Because if Kevin was here, he'd be like, the pink's not pink enough, the blue's not blue enough, go home, go V. You know what I mean? And I'm sick of this persecution that I have from Kevin. Go, hey, you know what, Greg? Go yep. for life. You know what I'm saying? I do well, know what you're saying, home. Barrett. That's what they say. Oh, wow. Barrett's running the show, of course, but joining us on the show with visuals is the master of hype, Snowbike Mike. Yo, what up, though? Thank you so much for having me on today, Tim. I'm excited to join the Gamescast crew. A last minute edition. Blessing not feeling too well, so we're going to give him the afternoon off. And I was like, you know what? Me, Andy, and Greg can handle this. I was like, but I could just hit up Mike and be like, yo, what you doing? And I called him. Because I was like, if I slack him, I'm not going to get a response. And that's not even that. a hit on Mike. I know how Mike's day works. You got you got to know your 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 business partners, right? You got to understand the way that their heads work. What's the best way to contact them and actually get an answer out of them? And I know that if I call Mike, he will answer. Right. So I called him. I didn't even try slacking him. And he's like, Tim Gettys, what's up? And I'm like, yo, Gamescast, Bless is out. You in? What's up? We don't need you, but I'd like you. And he's like, Tim, I'm either going to join you guys on Gamescast or... I'm going to drive an hour and a half to get some in and out. God damn it. <laughs> I was, like, like, yeah. was going <laughs> to do it. So I'm happy you're here with us, Mike. We'll make sure to get you some in and out soon enough. Uh, I know we want to move on, but man, when we mm-hmm. get this studio up and running and we're all in the same place again, Mike, I've said it before, but I'll say it again. Week one, I'm allowing myself two trips to in and out. But from there, it just needs to be a once a week standing thing because I don't want to get I don't want to go ham on this. But if we need to pick a day, Mike, when we can just go when it's in and out, it's in and out Friday or whatever it is. Go hamburger. Can't wait. Can't I mean, wait. It's it's one of those two two times a week is going to be a lot already, Greg. Because that's why lines, just for the man, first time. The lines, man. Even once a week is going to be it's going to be crazy. We got to figure but out. But that's why it's time. an outing. It's an adventure and it's yeah. a, it's an excursion. You know yeah. what I mean? Now I, I don't want to go too deep into this, and I'm sure you guys already know. And I know I tuned into the stream earlier, so I heard Kevin already dropping some of this knowledge. But I don't think y'all motherfuckers are ready for the fact that the new studio is blocks away from the main in and out but also just a couple more blocks away from the new in and out so it's yeah. like we got There's multiple options depending on the day. oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah it's near uh saramonte it's been up for a bit but it is new yeah yeah like two and a it year is and clutch. a half at this point. It, you know kevin's thing was that you know it, when the line at the one's too long you go to that one because it's still off the grid to an extent and it was that we jen and i came back from a trip months ago now but came back and it was one of those you land, you're starving, you want to go to in and out. And I was like, put the line, but I was like, oh, but Sarah Monte. Then we got there and the line was still bad, but not normal bad. Yeah. Yeah. I and also I know we're already going off on a tangent on a tangent on a tangent. I just want to say I fucking hate that 
Nick Scarpino's Sarah Monte is now the way that we refer to ceremony, the mall that I grew up with my entire life. But now Sarah Monte, it is. Andy Cortez, you're rounding out the group, the Nitro Rifle himself. Very happy to have you. Before we get into all the other bullshit, a big accomplishment happened in the last couple of days. Do you want to tell us about it? Ladies and gentlemen and NBs all over the world, a young tarnished decided to forego continuing the golden order. Well, I, I don't want to get spoilers. I beat Elden Ring after 160 <laughs> after 169 hours. Nice. I beat Elden Ring. Um goddamn, the game is crack. It is a masterpiece, one of the best games ever made. I talked about this on stream Tim, but it's like and Michael appreciate this. Maybe Greg, but mostly Mike me you know every you know you get demar Derozan's in the league mike you get you get your 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 derrick roses you get chris pauls you get all these like nba stars right but once in a generation you will get a michael jordan a lebron james a tim duncan the type of player that could change the franchise for decades i mean with tim duncan and you know all these other players decades right mm-hmm Elden Ring is that game. Elden Ring is the Skyrim. It is the Witcher 3. It is that game that will be talked about for eons, Tim. I don't mm. even know how to calculate that, right? I don't either. I'm what is right Eon? Um, how do you spell it? Is it? E-O-N. E-O-N? Mm-hmm. I have to look that up. Barrett, you on that? Um, anyway, yeah, I beat it. It's incredible. I am still treating the game like it's my goddamn uh, you know you go to back to your parents house you keep opening the cupboard in hopes that something new pops up <laughs> like maybe that maybe i missed a snack in there that i didn't see last time but you know you keep opening that fridge you're there's not something gonna be a soda in there it's the same damn milk or whatever that's been there all goddamn weekend that's how i am with elden ring i keep on opening up like maybe i forgot a mission maybe i did that other mission on my other character on xbox no, Andy, like you, you're pretty much done with the game, dude. Like it's time to start new game plus. Yeah, I'm prepping the new one. game plus run. Uh, I have my character still with Mike that I really do want to get back to because a lot of people have been kind of clamoring for it because we have a blast doing co-op over there. Um, man, yeah, I, I think it's 169 hours on PC on my main character. And I think I'm at like 75 on my Xbox character. And uh, yeah, it's a really, really good game, everybody. Uh, I am dropping my rating though to a four out of five. Great, still not amazing though. Damn, there it is. Nailed it. Wow, wow, wow. okay. Look at him trying to pull back his little smile. You motherfucker. Okay, don't say that. Don't be like that. There are people that are only gonna listen to six minutes and three seconds of this show and just be like, oh, this fucking this rating system that kind of funny's doing. Like, they can't even make up their minds. We're gonna talk about all of that because this is the kind of funny games cast. But before we get into the rigmarole, Andy. An eon is not officially, but commonly referred to as a billion years. Yeah, in, Buddhis- in Buddhism, billion. it is defined as the life cycle of the Earth. Oh wow! I mean, so, it's right though. Yeah, we'll be talking yeah, about it until yeah. the end of the Earth. Another thing I want to schedule out at some point is an Elden Ring spoiler cast. How do you feel about about that, Andy? Are we are we there yet? Like, because it's crazy. Elden Ring's been out now over a month. 
And, you know, the conversations have happened many times. <laughs> the conversation, the, the discourse has happened. <laughs> is the world ready? Like, do you think that people are at a point? You've now beat it, which I think is like I, a, a major I wanna, hurdle. I want to wait for Tam to beat it because I just still don't think okay. he'll never beat it. It's too tough I, I, for him. Bless beat it as well. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, because I think there's like a lot of really cool shit to talk about. Uh, the fallout and a lot of the side quests that do happen. Because um, Elden Ring is the ultimate... Like, oh, I beat that. Ooh, since you killed that person, why don't you go back and check on so-and-so? And you're like, why? Wait, what? They're going to have something to say? And you go back and that person, that person might be dead, Tim. <laughs> like, I said, what is going on in this world? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, it's it's the ultimate game that you always want to go back and, and check on what characters have to say or go back and check to see if characters are even alive still. So, yeah, there's it's definitely something that we should talk about because I I would love to just do a full... Similar to what we did with Bloodborne, just let's just do a big old dump of our feelings here. You know, mm, mm. Greg Miller, can you get Miyazaki on the line? Can Got we it. get him for this? I'm bringing him right now. Thank you. Him right I now. appreciate mm-hmm. that. I appreciate that very much. And Anyways, George R. R. Martin is George R. 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 Martin for this one. You want him in there? Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of funny games cast, of course, where we talk about video games and all the things that we love about them each and every week, right on YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny Games or roosterteeth.com you could also get it as a podcast just search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny games cast and we'll be right there for you uh if you wanted to get the show ad free if you wanted to watch it live as it's being recorded which hey shout out to all you trogs out there all the patreon supporters this is the first live episode of the kind of funny games cast we've done in a couple weeks over a month because there's been so many reviews to do and we have a, a nice little uh, reprieve right here without uh, anything to review officially, which is kind of nice. So instead, we're going to talk about our review scale for this episode, let you all in on that conversation. Um, but you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games to be a part of the Trog Nation, just like our Patreon Trog producers, Nation. Gordon McGuire, Fargo Brady, Pranksy, Dan, Golden Spider B, Tyler Ross, Delaney, Twinning, First Responder, ND, Julian, the Gluten-Free Gamer, James Hastings, and Casey Andrew have all done. If you don't have a buck to toss our way, you can go to the Epic Store anytime you're buying games over there and use the Epic Creator Code, kind of funny, on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like on Rocket League or Fortnite, uh, especially right now with the no-build mode that is going on and seems to be going on forever. So that's a cool thing that we might talk about later in the show. Uh, But anyways, that's enough of all of that. Greg, I always talk about how sometimes I do the rigmarole and I just black out. This was one of those moments. I do not remember anything I just said in the last minute. It was just... You actually just started reciting the lines to Usher, to an Usher song. Yeah. Wow. Let it burn. Which wow. one? Yeah, Let It Burn. Yeah. I'll let it burn. <laughs> well, Thank, you, Thank you, Confessions <laughs> part one and two. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's start the show off talking about the review scale that we implemented a little bit ago here at Kind of Funny. Um, Greg, you know, we've we've been doing Kind of Funny for a long time now, which is really crazy to think about, seven over years. seven years. And uh, even before that, we were still doing Kind of Funny in different different shapes and forms, sure. um, whether it was Game of Greggy or Kind of Funny before Kind of Funny Games existed back when we were at IGN. When we were at IGN, we were very uh, tuned in to review scales in video games specifically you being somebody that's actually reviewed games there me more so on the the video team kind of understanding being a part of the meetings and conversations but um with all of that i feel like 
we have made a lot of strides in terms of what kind of funny content means, what kind of funny games sure. content means, what our team looks like, what our opinions mean, how we want to deliver them to the people, X, Y, Z, all of that. Through that, we brought on Blessing, we brought on Andy, we brought on Mike, we've got on Barrett, Janet, Paris, so many different people. Oh. Whether they're part-timers, full-timers, any which way, we've tried to foster a group of people that are like-minded to us. And I say that not in the sense of they agree with us, but I say that in the means of they understand the type of content that we're trying to make and who we're trying to make it for. Sure. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Well, I think that's and the – I, I mean, you know, we broke away to – like we always say, right? Exchange the reach of IGN for the intimacy of kind of funny, which means, of course, you have a special relationship with that audience, which means that we are trying to serve our audience. When the, the looky loo pops up to talk shit on Twitter, it comments, I'm like, eh, I, don't, I don't really care. If you watch this, you seem like a dick. <laughs> I care about the trogs. I care about Ronan Cassidy, Omega 3, Joshy G. Andy, your hand went up. What do you got to say? I was wondering, like, Mike, I don't know if you're on the same wavelength as me right now. Are they about to tell us the company's closing down? What, what's going on? <laughs> a very it. odd start to this. Right. <laughs> 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 like you know, building this review scale up here. <laughs> it's funny you say that, but I mean, honestly, it 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 that's kind of a good example of where we're at with this. Where it's hard for me to find the right way to address our review scale, why we implemented it, how we're going to continue to implement it, and the reaction that it has caused uh, in, in the public recently, where I'm sure you guys have seen. You know, uh, I think everyone here has done an official kind of funny review at this point for a game. For I sure. know Andy has, Greg, Mike, have you done one? Uh-huh. I think I did, uh, what, Dying Light 2? Did you do, did you do one for GT? Yeah, oh, you yeah, did, I mean, the well, GT, GT first-timer, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, four, yeah. Right? so... Four. That was a solid game. That's a good game. Yeah. So with that, it's like, you know, we kind of um, are now kind of in it in a different way. And it's just I, I wanted to talk about it as a group, but really like how it applies to the formation of kind of funny, which I think a lot of the criticism I've seen of our scale is like, oh, or not, not a lot. One of the criticisms I've seen of the scale has been, oh, kind of funny always said that they don't like review scores. So this seems like them going back on their word. So that's why I wanted to go back to the beginning to start off with at least that point to address that. Greg, do you have any thoughts on that aspect of it all? Oh, I mean, for sure, right? We talked about that a lot at uh, the launch of it. And I think, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I love doing this and I love doing this conversation. You would have wanted to have done this when we did the scale initially, right? But the problem was we did the scale as review season hit, so we didn't have a time to ever talk at length about the review scale beyond the video I put up and then a Reddit comment here or there, that kind of thing, right? Exactly. Right that that was the plan, and then we realized, oh shit, we got embargo early, so we had to like hit review, review, sure. review. But at the same time, I think that is kind of even bigger evidence to kind of funny and who we are which is it is always a work in progress and we are trying we're not we're not ever trying to claim we got this right no and no you got I mean, this wrong especially when it comes to the subjectiveness of a review scale <laughs> you know i mean you know the things we said in january 2015 are the things we still do to this day right which is that we're not building this for you we're building this with you again we are, are a small company with a small audience in the grand scheme of things and that means that we're making these things and when you have opinions or thoughts or whatever we listen to them and then actually sit there and go okay well what do we want to do with that what do we want to you know do with that information although <laughs> if you want to keep on giving me shit everybody in the comments i'll lower my horizon score to a three out of five all right don't fucking tempt me i will do it all right it'll go down to an okay score so far it's great all right fucking sit with that for the rest of your life god damn it 
Go ahead, Greg. Sorry. No, it's, I, you, you are a just and fair ruler, and I, I understand <laughs> what you have to do. You got to do there. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, like, so the reasoning behind it and the change or whatever. So I think it comes from a different thing. I think you not, nailed it in a lot of ways, right? Of like, it's been seven years of kind of funny. So things have changed and evolved. And, you know, coming away from IGN, one of the things I think we attached to review scales was toxicity because it was that idea that you put up the review, people scroll to the bottom, they don't read the review, they just want to argue about the number you put on the game. And so when we left and had carte blanche to do whatever we wanted uh, in terms of how we make content, we we're like, cool, we're just going to talk about games and movies and everything else under the video game sun. Uh, and you know, you'll, he- you'll have to listen to the two hour long podcast to understand the impressions of it, right? That's how it is. And that's all well and good, but I also think that it was too far. I think it, it, I think it was number one. It went too far because, of course, you're still giving your opinion. It's still coming down to an adjective. At some point, some point, someone, no matter what I review, whether it be you know a friend or somebody on the street, will text me or ask me, "What did you think of that game?" And I don't sit there and I give them the two hour long thing. I give them the three sentence. Oh, it was great, or it was this, or it was that, and you move on from that, right? And so you get to where we were before the review scale and the thing we were running into is how many times did we sit there and literally our reviews would be, yeah, okay, that's what we all thought of it. What do you think the Metacritic's going to be? Oh, well, I think IGN would give it a 7.5. Yeah, I'd be closer to a 7, but I could see a 7.5. We started having these actual conversations where we were doing all but the review score. And as I put in the video and as I did there, right, like the move to this is just a way to give a billboard uh, to the podcast. It's a billboard of like, hey, here is the snapshot of what we think of this thing that way hopefully you're in not inspired but uh enticed to come listen to why we thought this is a three out of five or that's a four out of five or this is a five out of five and it's and i you know it goes back to i've seen a lot of criticism of and i i should say and i think i mean i'm i don't want to speak for you too tim i should say overwhelmingly i've seen positive stuff about this obviously we're talking about criticisms right now because we're t- i want to answer those things and i know that's where you started too tim but like overwhelmingly everybody seems to be down and think it's fine and it's cool and it doesn't change the content at all except there's now a conversation of what do you think what, what what's your score somebody goes oh i, I think xyz and then you move on to the conversation uh the idea uh, with- hold on let, let me let me stop you there greg just to say it like yes the reception has resulted in overwhelmingly positive reaction i would say i that of course there's going to be negative reaction of course there's going to be reddit threads and uh twitter responses and things of people that disagree with this and that how we're doing it whatever notice we're listening to that we're talking about it and we're taking it all in uh but in terms of the the views on on things the attention we're getting on stuff like the whole point of why we instituted it it has been a major success so it's like i do think that it's important to point out like what you just said like it has been fantastic for us but you know to cut back to it you know i've seen some of the criticism that seems to be going on more recently in some of the threads is that the buckets are too big uh five points isn't giving enough leeway to get into the minutiae and get into the stuff and under and argue that you know some people want it to be a a a 10 point scale a 20 point scale 100 point scale all these different things these conversations but what i would say again of course is that we want those buckets broad I want you to uh, like be puzzle quest gets a four out of five. Why did puzzle quest three, a mobile game get a four out of five? The same thing that GT seven got from Mike or the same thing, you know, uh, the, the razor chair got from Greg, right? We want you to listen to the podcast At no point. Do we think that three out of five, this game's, uh, uh, you know, okay. Is where it'll stop and start for so many people. And so, 
it's both uh, as I put in the video, right? The thing we want that to be able to be shared on reset error on Nivel's threads or wherever super easily. It also speaks, you know, in 2022, we gave Roger a TikTok team and he has been fucking killing it over at Kind of Funny Games and everybody should go uh, like, subscribe, share. Uh, but the other thing was we wanted to do, tackle reviews over there. And so, especially for a TikTok review where you are, you know, we are still, even though they've expanded it you know, since we started, you know, it's 60 seconds, but you want your script to be out 45 seconds. You, I've had to retrain myself in a very interesting way, right? Because for me and what I was trained to write and review is show, don't tell, right? And the, the 45 second TikTok reviews tell. It is, here's a score, here's what, here's what, top level, fun, not fun, what I liked, what I didn't, not getting into a game mechanic or explaining the developer's pedigree, which I have tried and Roger has had to tell me, no, edit that out. Um, it's a score that, the score I think works so well in what, in what we're doing, number one, like you said, just because it's achieving what we want, but it's also giving us unified uh, kind of funny scales, rubrics, right? Where I love the idea that, you know, I've seen so many people um not so many i've seen one of the comments be like and it was a totally you know here's the thing there's a lot of reasons to hate me greg miller i get it don't get me wrong you can look down my long and i'm gonna be i'm being not facetious here i'm being 100 true i understand why people dislike me for a number of reasons and all i ask you do your fucking homework when you want to come at me somebody the other day on reddit came at me was like man uh, this game must be really bad it's the only game not to get a four out of five and i was like here's the fucking list of everything we've reviewed of games we've reviewed right we've already done more than a dozen reviews which might not sound video game reviews not including movies and everything else and which might not sound like a lot right but it is for a team of 11 people in the first three months of the year uh you know Come we're correct try we're trying to expand explore that scale and of course it has been you know a feast right now in terms of games to play and go at it and stuff so i like the idea that the buckets are broad so that you can get in and understand why something is a four but then also it's not in the minutia not to mention it's back to the old ign argument of like when people would get super mad that whatever playstation exclusive got the same as some ds kids game you know it's not that's not an apples to apples thing it's what it is but like kind of funny in the core of what we do is still this it's just talking it's about the communication it's about the conversation and i think the scores i personally think the scores facilitate that and drive that I do think it's interesting when we all go around and, you know, Andy or whoever's the lead reviewer, and that's going to be the kind of funny score, but you go around and somebody isn't on the same page. They're giving it a lower score or whatever, and you go through and do that. And I love doing that. And I think, again, it's a nice shortcut to get to why you don't agree with somebody or what you do agree about. I don't know why I'm so abrasive. Sorry. but <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, it, it's kind of, it, it, it's necessary. You're adding the levity to it, Andy, that I think is required for this type of conversation in the context of what we're doing, where it's like, it is a very serious thing that I know means a lot to a lot of people. So we want to get it right. Having said that, we're yeah. still kind of funny. Like it's in the name. Like it, we are, we're having fun with this and it is very much a conversation start to what, to what Nick's, or sorry, Greg's saying a lot. Uh, Nick is the one person on the team that still doesn't understand our scale in any, if we were like, Nick Scarpino, what's the kind of funny scale? He would have no fucking not idea. A chance. I, not a fucking gotta chance. love that about him so much. I'd give Nick a two out of five. But uh, I, keep on, I keep on doing like the word association thing, Tim. Yeah. Like I, um, and and I've seen Greg in the comments, and I try to be in the comments, and I will like, I usually reply to people's uh, dumb comments on my personal account. Uh, but if it's something that I think I have like a decent enough of enough of a response to. Um, like somebody said, how is Tunic a five out of five and Elden Ring also a five out of five? There's no fucking way these games are on the same level. And in no way did we ever say that that's what this scale was. It's like if if 
this game does enough amazing things, it will get the five out of five amazing score from me. Um, yeah. And this will be get a great score for me because I think Horizon is a great game. It's a fucking great ass game that you should definitely buy. Like I said in the fucking review a million goddamn times. And and with that, I think that it's kind of in a lot of ways the scale. And Greg was kind of touching on this a bit about uh, having to relearn how to write a review for this mm. new format that he's never written for. Is it makes us all think about our criticism differently. And I I, I know that for sure it's made me better at being normally when we review a game on gamescast barrett will ask me hey what is the tweet you want to write for me to schedule for you to tweet about the gamescast and that is the most stressful part of gamescast to me is coming up with that tweet for whatever reason it's like putting it into those succinct words of to sum up and advertise the conversation i'm about to have on the show is so difficult to me but doing these tiktok reviews has made me so much better at it that i don't stress about that anymore it's like it's not even that difficult it just kind of reframes your mind into how to think about this and, and kind of make it just a little bit more official uh just to to make your own thoughts crystallized and and because of that i think it kind of helps us you know ad addressing what greg is talking about with the criticism that i see a lot from people that is like oh they're just giving everything a four and a five you need to understand the context of a couple things. One, a ton of amazing games are coming out right now. Like <laughs> we are in a, a great time to be a video game fan. Two, we're only going to for sure review the games that we are interested in. So if we're interested in them, we're kind of assuming they're going to be good. So there's already a bias of the scale is going to be slanted on the higher end because of that. But for people to say, oh, they're never going to give a game a low score is people not actually looking into what we have done because Greg has given a game a two, you know, we have given games a Shout three to so dead. far. Yeah. It's like, it's, and that's just not going to be as common because of, I mean, quite frankly, us not wanting to waste our time and us really kind of being authentic to who kind of funny is and doubling yeah. down on our interests. Was... And, and, but just last thing I want to say, and I don't want to jump to you, Greg is like, but part of our interests are all not one thing. It's not like kind of funny, likes this and doesn't like this we all have our own things and greg has an interest in reviewing games that he might not be interested in in a way that i don't think all of us do and i think that that is a valuable asset that greg provides to the team and yeah. that is why we got that review from him i was i was fascinated that we yeah, when we did the review scale announcement and started using it people yeah interpreted that as we were going to review everything or more or do whatever and, and that's on us for messaging probably and not having thought that way i i i think you're nailing it tim right the idea here is that the marching orders for kind of funny right our, our mission statement is the same thing it always is which is we're hanging out and having fun and playing games we like or don't like sometimes and so like right now right like we have cleared out of uh, what's going on i think we're going to talk about tiny tina in a little bit right i started it but i played tiny tina and i'm like man i could either fall in love with this game and platinum it and go on or i could stop and play get obsessed with wwe even more and like i'm going the wwe route like i don't feel the i don't feel the need in the pull and the job uh, uh defining quality that i have to go review tiny tina because i started tiny tina that i have to see that through and go all the way in the same way you know when stuff drops next week game wise like obviously i'll look at everything that's coming out but if nothing there is like mm, that sounds like something i want to play 
I'm not going to go and just review something to review something. It's still the same thing it always was where what we reviewed or talked about on the shows is what we were drawn to. And like, you know, I'm drawn to horror games, which is why I did Martha is Dead and I didn't like it. So then it, get, it gets that kind of review. But it's, yeah, we're not going to change what we are and how we tackle games that way. Andy? Yeah, I feel like we'd have more twos and threes if we were reviewing. Let me read today's out today. Katie in Meadowland, Richie's Nightmare. Slap. G Darius HD. Like I'm sure if we were playing a lot of these kind of more random games, like a gigantic outlet would have with yeah, a yeah. lot of reviewers on the staff, then there would be more games like that. But yeah, Tim nailed it perfectly of like, yeah, the games that we're playing are usually games that we're kind of looking forward to anyway. And yeah, they might disappoint us and get a four instead of a five or they might overwhelm or, you know, um, not overwhelm, but they might uh, overperform like Tunic did for me, where I thought that was probably going to be a three or a four. Kirby, for me. And it was fantastic. And I was like, God damn, this game is amazing and doing things that I wasn't expecting. So, um, yeah, that's it's usually games that we are going into knowing that it's something that we want to play. Yeah, so taking that, like the idea of kind of funny versus kind of funny games, we review movies and TV shows. And I think that applying our scale to a lot of the movies we talk about on kind of funny, there would be a lot of ones and twos, specifically applying the scale to what we cover for in review. Because the point of that is all of us investing in a franchise week to week, talking about everything, even if it's bad. You know, but mm. video games are a totally different beast. And I personally have no interest in covering every single thing that comes out. I want us to cover sure. what we want to and test out what we like. And if we, we aren't really vibing with it, like I don't want to force anybody ever at kind of funny to play through an entire game if they're not vibing with it. Like that is not who we are. I don't want us to be that. I don't think anyone here wants us to be that. So uh meanwhile, I I'm okay making people watch making people watch Catwoman because it's funny and we're making fun of it and like we're having we're in on it. We understand what the content is. But that's there also is. an hour and a half, two yeah, hour experience. That's a, and that's, that's the thing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So there, there's a lot of nuance there. Uh, Mike and Andy, I want to get your input on this because I know Greg and I kind of have a, a lot of just history with dealing with this type of stuff. And again, I can't make this like explicit enough. There was a lot of care and time and thought and conversation with the entire group put into these decisions. When we first started doing the review scale, it was uh, using the scale where game of the year was the top level of the conversation. And all of us were like, this doesn't feel right. Like, this doesn't speak to who we are. And we need to address this. So we had conversations internally trying to come up with a scale that we thought best represented how we talk about video games. And that's why we got to the five. People can compare it to the IGN scale or GameSpot scale, or Game Informer scale, whatever. Don't do that. If you want to go for it, that's, that's up to you to do. But what I'm asking you to do is compare it to how we talk about video games, because I think it actually really services the way that these people you see on screen and the rest of our team talks about games to fall into those categories if a game is a game of the year category uh, contender you're going to hear that in our review we're going to give it a five and we're going to be like i wish i could give it more than a five you know we're going to make that extremely clear and you will know the difference between that and a lot of people got at me last week when i gave kirby a five and i said it's a low five and they're like why why have the scale be five if you're going to say it's a low five and it's like well because I can because you a just five heard us say it's a low five. It's a low you just five. heard the color we're applying to the <laughs> review. Exactly, and it gets so frustrating for, for to to kind of hear that feedback. And the last kind of diatribe I want to go off to criticism. Jesus, I'll fuck you, <laughs> fuck you up, Andy. <laughs> 
is uh, coming up with the scale and what the words associated with the scale mean. That I think was the, the biggest conversation we had to have. And we all talked about it. And there was a lot of back and forth about specifics because we were trying to make this a broad thing that can apply to everything that we do. And I think that the biggest point of contention is what a three out of five means in terms of our post uh, decision making so far, which could change at any time uh, of what our scale means. Because number one, one is uh, terrible. Two, bad. Three, okay. Four, great. Five, amazing. And a lot of people are like, how are you going to jump from three, okay, to four, great? Where's good? The answer is a three. Okay and good are the same thing. We just didn't want to call it good because if it went bad, terrible, good, great, amazing, people would be like, well, then where's just okay? See, and what I the love reality is it's about words. It's about the way we have conversations. Any game that we're saying is good or saying is okay, we're saying the same thing about. That's the the reality of it is we're like, yo, it's it's pretty good or it's okay. We're saying the same thing about the game. What I love Am about I wrong? Okay is my favorite segment. No, you're not. Okay is my favorite segment because for me there's two okays. They're the it's the it's the okay or it's it's, it's good, right? It's, it's okay, which is fine or it's okay. Like it's the it, it, you know what I mean the inflection of where you are where it's okay is it's good where it's okay it's like oh well it's fine but it's either bad, way it's whatever but the thing there though Greg and, and uh -huh. this is why I I think that our scale actually works really well and I and that's why when I talk about it, I try to say okay slash good for three is that the inflection is the important part yeah. but the differentiator is the the tone you have is either taking it from you thought it was going to be bad but it's actually okay. Yeah. Or it was supposed to be like good, but it's okay. You know what I mean? So given that, that three, I think says something and it backs up the words that we're actually trying to put out there. Mike, what are your thoughts on the scale so far? Everything we just said, where do you land with it? Yeah. For me, Tim, I actually was probably one of the most to be excited about having a scale because as most of the listeners know, I run my own podcast with the kind of funny X cast and I'm not on uh games cast all the time. Right. And so I was looking for that uniformity, something to bring us all together and kind of have a cohesive scale on, especially since this is, you know, my early times in the quote unquote video game industry. Right. I came from where it'd just be me and my friends of, Oh, you should buy this right now or maybe catch it on sale or just skip that. Right. And I think I brought that in to my career here at kind of funny in the X cast where you listen to our early days that's how we kind of graded things over there so we'd have the conversation of oh i think you should buy this right now if you like this or you could wait for that to go on sale and i think listening to all of you and the insights especially you know as andy can tell you and i'm sure blessing having you and greg here right in all of your professional years to be able to learn and be mentored right that's what we're all looking for and i love that we all can come together have our voice heard and also have something where we can walk out and say hey this is the kind of funny scam we all can get behind that because that's something i needed i needed kind of a guide to what i wanted to do moving mm. forward so for me i was actually a big fan of this and i do like where we've fallen with the five point scale i think you hear it when i talk about gt and i gave it a four out of five as a newcomer right that is a great racing game and there's a lot of stuff to go into that and you know i think greg has touched on it so well right a lot of people are just going to hear me say four out of five and just think oh okay whatever but we also had an hour and a half long podcast where I went in depth on the things that I liked, things that I didn't like, what drew me to that conclusion, right? And so 
I've been a big fan of it and I really, really enjoyed it. I think it's something easy for me to bring over to my side, right? Because I work with two part-timers and contractors where it's like, hey, this is what the team wants to do. Let's try to do this and follow in their, you know, their ways. And it's fun for me. I like that. Andy? Yeah, I'm the same. Um, I, I I talked about it on a on a post show one time of like uh, of more of how the words are the words are more important what we're saying um goes further than just what the score is right and i talked about how um i will grade a game based on what i expect from the developer what the developer uh is telling me they're going to do and how well enough they sort of exceed that um and I think it's more important to obviously listen to the conversation. I think when the number is up there, a lot of people will immediately say, wow, well, this side-scrolling 2D platformer is a 4 out of 5, and you're giving this gigantic open-world game a 4 out of 5 as well. How does that make sense? Um, And I think I, I challenge that person to just, like, listen to the context and listen to what's being said and listen to the conversations and what we think that, yeah, this game could do better here and here, um, but it does this thing so well enough that, therefore, I think it's worthy of this score. Um, I think all of that context really, really matters. Um, but I also don't... I don't think anybody's in the wrong for feeling certain ways when they've been presented that review scores are meant to communicate X, Y, and Z. I think, like people who aren't necessarily kind of funny regulars who have probably long by now tuned out <laughs> to this. But I think people yeah. that are like the, the hardcore people are going to understand what we're saying and are here and they're ride or die. Uh, but I think people that are more sort of casual on the, on the listening side who may only tune in for certain reviews. Right. Um, I think those people, I don't begrudge them for how they feel about our review score because they've been conditioned to think, certain things about review scores their whole lives, right? Um, because this number should mean this. And how could that equal that if blank number, like there's so many different things you could throw at this, but um, I think that's just the way that they've kind of grown up with review scores, you know, whether sure. it's three out of five stars or four out of five stars. And we're attaching words to these, uh, to these review scores in order to, hopefully better explain ourselves um but yeah i don't i don't know i it's i believe in our review scale i like it a lot and i also don't necessarily you know again begrudge anybody for going like wow how does that make sense so well, it's like well you just got to listen to the podcast yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah, yeah i begrudge them for that <laughs> i begrudge it of the knee jerk i'm mad and i don't even know what's going on well, right. it's similar to what we do when we go to metacritic and rotten mm-hmm. tomatoes and we see that number and go, uh, you know, I think Rotten Tomatoes is probably the biggest offender of it all, where right. the score is based on how many reviewers gave it a positive score, not like the average or score not is an not an 8 out of 10 yeah. if it's an 80%. That just means 80% of reviewers thought it was a six or worth five. watching. Like, eh, recommend it, you know, yeah. so that, <laughs> that could be a range of like, this is the best movie of all time, or like, yeah, sure, where you're there, uh, go watch it. But yeah, I don't know, I just feel like, people who are in that sort of people who listen to the podcasts or go to IGN for their score at the bottom. 
that's just that's how they consume games media you know i i don't know barrett what were you gonna say uh, before you say that though barrett let me tell you about our sponsors Shout out to Uplift for sponsoring this episode. I've been using my Uplift desk for well over a year now. I love the thing so much, I decided to write a rap song for them. The build quality is real good. It's made of real high quality wood. They didn't ask for it, I just did it anyway. Getting my Uplift desk immediately improved my mood. Whenever I'm on shows, I'm standing up, I'm feeling a lot more energetic. And also, I kind of feel like I was just maybe creating some bad habits sitting down at a desk all day. I would move my legs up, I'd sit underneath my legs on my chair, and eventually all that stuff just created really bad back pain for me. Choose from laminate, whiteboard, bamboo, solid wood, butcher block, or even custom solid wood or laminate options. Uplift Desk won New York Times Wire Cutters Best Standing Desk from 2019 to 2022. And while I'm at it, I'm just going to give them an award as well. Best Standing Desk that I use in my bedroom from when they sent it to me until now. Uplift Desk have a 15-year warranty. They ship the same day you order with free shipping and free return shipping. So if you've been feeling the effects of sitting at a desk for eight hours a day, maybe you want some more energy in your life. Maybe you want to do squats in the middle of a Zoom call or something. Uplift your life. Go to kindoffunny.com slash uplift. I think there's also something in the the way that, like, you know, we didn't do review scores for the longest time. And then, uh, but, you know, we do all these podcasts uh, specifically in review where we're ranking things. And I think that Mm -hmm. that might be another mindset that, like, people might need to get out of the headspace of when it comes to, like, review scores when specifically talking about like oh how are you going to give this uh this game out of uh five out of five when it's nowhere near elden ring or it's like well it's it's not like it's we're like you know ranking it on a list or something you know like these are you know very two very different conversations of why they're an amazing game and stuff like that so i think that's like another interesting headspace that i think a lot of people might have already been in for after so long of like no review scores and you know uh, the closest we get to that is like ranking a bunch of movies um and stuff like that so that's a that's another aspect that kind of just popped up in my mind when y'all were talking totally and you know andy bringing up the rotten tomatoes thing it's interesting because at the end of the day it's like that it's the fault of the people for not understanding rotten tomato scale they make it very clear they try to they over explain it all but then people just look at the number and they associate that number with something and like that's not anyone's fault necessarily but that also adds into the kind of the the words and like meaning of it all where it's like even though okay and good do not mean the same thing they do mean the same thing to us as a three but that's language based and when i look at scores we had conversations about this do we do a 10 point scale do we do a five point scale three point scale four point scale 100 point scale what are the differences and we have found that we all tend to agree that a five out of five doesn't mean the same thing that a 10 out of 10 does and it's like i think that a 10 out of 10 100 out of 100 those mean like, yo, these are some of the best things of all time. Like you need to really, really, really pay attention to this because it is special. Hall it's of like ranking Exactly. Whereas like a five out of five is like, well, that is one fifth of the possibility. It just means it is, yo, this is good. They achieved the thing. They nailed it. And I, I like that because it addresses the way we talk about games, I think, better than some of the other scales because – I think there would be too much pressure. And that's when I'm like, okay, looking at just, if you only looked at the number kind of funny, gave a game a 10 out of 10 means a lot more than kind of funny, gave a five out of five. 
For sure. By numbers, that just is how it works. But more important than numbers, it's the words that back it up, and it's the language that we use to discuss our criticisms. It's Andy? also like the um, the tendency to to go about it the mathematical way that a um, a four out of five that means an eight out of ten that means it's a B that that's a B score in grade school <laughs> and like and anything at a seven or uh, or below is a failing grade um when really like i i just i think people always just kind of do the math that way oh a three out of five so that's a six out of ten that's a failing grade you know like that's a that's a 60 score on a on a test or whatever and i think it's i think people still have the tendency to do that as well um and that also throws off people's kind of um their thought process of what a review score and a review scale should be yeah mike no, I mean, thoughts there. no, I just I'm breaking it all down. I really love hearing from you guys and how your feelings are. Right. I brought up how I liked having the uniformity and us all coming together. So for me, I've enjoyed this process. And also, you know, as somebody who I think we've all been there has rushed to the bottom of the IGN review to read the number and go, OK, here's this paragraph. Right. I am somebody now where I look at the digital age of TikTok and mm. Twitter and social media. Right. Like how many people are really listening to my full hour and a half long to two hour long podcast, right? I hope a lot. We do it because we love what we're doing and we want everybody to enjoy the content. Right. But I also want to get my words out there and I want to be able to share, Hey, I'm really hyped about this game. Or I think that Elden ring is a masterpiece. You should go check it out. Right. And I need this condensed version on TikTok and on Twitter, or maybe through this review score process that we're currently going through and doing right of being able to share that with more people and having them being able to share my product and my, you know, conversations that we have on these podcasts to more people, maybe in an easier, faster way. Yeah. Any final thoughts on the review scale for now? Again, this is an open conversation. If people have thoughts, we're going to look at them. We're yeah, going like, to be, we're, we're gonna like, be able to adapt for sure. Let us know what we're missing. You know what I mean? Because I just I think it's the fact that the people who I've seen have a problem with the review scale, I feel like are coming at the review scale going this is how I use a review scale and I'm looking at this and you, and I, it doesn't work that it doesn't work. And it's like, well, no, you're trying to apply how you would use a review scale. You're not listening to how we use the review scale. I want buckets of fours and fives and it, that we talk about. And I want, I also still to this day, like when I do this, don't hem and haw about the score. This like, if you're talking, what you're talking about, Sam, right. Of like a 10 out of 10 or a 9.5 or whatever would be a far different thing than a five or a four. And I think it is you come in and they clear out which one of these which one of these five adjectives do I think when somebody asks me what I think of a game, what I apply to the game. That's what I say. That's what I do. And then I go and talk to you about what, what I think about the game for an hour and a half and drone on and go. The thing is, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, totally, man. And, you know, I, I keep using Kirby as my example because I gave That's that a five and like that was a, de a decision for me, you know, like that. And it was a it was a choice. And I'm, I'm happy that we had our scale because I would not give that game a 10. Yeah, at all. But like I'm happily standing by the five that I gave it because to me that means I would recommend it to essentially anyone. Unless I know you don't like that type of game, I would recommend it to you. Like if you like video games, you should try this out. And like that to me is what a five should be. And so I like that. Whereas like a 10, to me, Tom Marks giving Celeste a 10 made me play that game. And I am so happy that that happened. That's a very different conversation than giving a game a five. You know what I mean? And like, I, I love that there are the IGNs out there that 
are reviewing more things than we are because that allows that scale and allows those that those numbers to mean a little bit more. Um, and not to say they don't mean something for us because they do, but what they mean is a reflection of our thoughts. And I do more so than anything, think of it as advertising. Back in the day at IGN, they would have never, ever put the review score as the main image, the thumbnail that people see, right? Because people want you to click through. They want you to see the article. That has totally changed nowadays, and that's why we use it the way we do. Oh, is that true? Celeste was the very first IGN reviewer we advertised the the score. I remember, like, having – like, being kind of a part of that conversation, and that was, like, yeah, a big choice. That's amazing, and that makes so much sense because the only reason I knew about that game is that it got the 10 – and I was like, well, shit, this random game I've never heard of got a 10. I need to check it out. So it's like that makes sense to me. And seeing IGN now, like they tweet out the score and that gets people to go in. I know I have read more IGN reviews in the last three years because I saw the number and I was like, huh, how'd they get there? You know, that's why we do it. That's the, the simplest reason of why we do it. So and I don't think that it's changed the content. Uh, you know, I'd be obviously interested as a, a consumer or listener, as somebody who, what you think, a person right now listening to this, driving your car, look out for that road. Uh, I don't think it's changed the content. I think it's enhanced it personally. And I think that you still get the long rambling reviews we always do. It's just at the front or back, somebody says a number and that's it. But it's not like they say the number and don't talk about how they got there. It's it's very much show your work. And I feel like yes. that's what's interesting when we get there and it's, a bunch of fives and a four it's a bunch of fours and a three and you go to sit there or it's just me saying i didn't like this game that i thought i would like and i explained to you guys i also appreciate that like it's given us another avenue and way to talk about a game and review a game in a way i don't think we would have a memoir blue right i reviewed last week and it's that thing where that wouldn't have fit on a games cast until today it would have been older i don't think it would have fit on you know ps i love you's delayed this week the thursday and stuff like that like the fact that we had the TikTok and we had this bite-sized review thing and the fact that I was able to just give a score on it and be like, listen, this is what this game is. It's a three and this is why and move on. Like, I think that was helpful to that discussion and another avenue for content. There will be yeah. a day, though, that I just I just drop a number and that's it. So get ready for that, everybody. <laughs> I'm going to review a game. It's going to be like four out of five. Nothing, no, nothing with more, it. nothing less. <laughs> Go figure out for yourself. Andy, tell us, but what did you like? What didn't you like? Nope. <laughs> I love that. But no, Greg, to your, to your point about changing the content, I, I do stand by. I think it has changed the content. I do think it's for the better because we did it before. We just all had our own scales. We were all in our own way. And even now, we still do it. We are still going to continue to say what we would give it on the IGN scale or the uh, G4 scale or the whatever. That's the beauty of scales. They're just tools to kind of like express the way that we're trying to talk about something. So I appreciate that that still exists. It always has. But also us going around in the beginning. What do you think of this? What do you think of this? It is just kind of us having that conversation in different ways, you know. So let's continue to, to do that. Speaking of that, Greg, what are you thinking of Tiny Tina Wonderlands? Oh man, yeah. So not a review, ladies and gentlemen. Don't worry about it. I I played uh, what Monday. I played a bunch of hours of it because I had uh, time on the schedule to get through and do it. Um, sorry, sorry to cut you off immediately, Greg. But again, this is a perfect example of we don't need to review everything. We can also say, yeah. I don't feel confident giving it a number on the scale, and we're gonna do that. So please continue. And so. I think I talked about it in the, in the middle of the review scale there, right? But like Tiny Tina, I feel like uh, is a game that I could I could either fall madly in love with it or leave it and never play it again. 
And I think that sounds negative, but I don't mean it to, because I was impressed with what I played of Tiny Tina. Uh, if you're not familiar, obviously a spinoff of Borderlands, uh, you are playing as a, you know, your own character that you roll in this game. But what's cool about it is that it is bunkers and badass. It's D and D, right? It's a role-playing game that Tiny Tina from the Borderlands universe is uh, when you're still, they are still in the Borderlands universe around a table with their miniatures playing this game that you are then playing the game that they are playing. You are, you are inside of the game that is going on inside the game. You are a game inside the game. The campaign. Exactly. You are participating in a bunkers and badass campaign. Uh, so it has the borderlands mechanics, right? Of shooting and having a million guns and having your overshield and having your special ability when your grenades and stuff like that, but it's all themed to this D and D way. And so, I didn't know what to expect. Uh, you know, we had done a partnership with them where we had went up there and played the end game and did some stuff there. But that was dropped so late in the game, like that didn't actually give you any uh, idea of what the story was going to be. I've been impressed with Tiny Tina from a narrative perspective because it is, of course, Ashley Birch killing it as Tiny Tina, uh, Will Arnett killing it as the bad guy, Wanda Sykes killing it as one of your companions in the group, and Tiny Tina narrating what's happening. I find incredibly interesting as somebody who isn't the orcs and elves D and D kind of person having her talk about it. And you know, she changes her mind mid sentence. And so whatever you're seeing also changes and ju jumps around. Uh, I enjoy the way that story is being told and why, how they're doing it that way. And then it's a bunch of little stuff of like, there, you know, in Borderlands uh, 3, we'll just go from there, right? Uh, a big old open world game. Obviously, you take a bunch of quests, you run around, you fast travel, you, you fight things, you drive. Uh, this one, like, there are there is an overworld map, which I find so fascinating. Like, you know, you are running around an overworld in a, you know, it's a first-person game when you're playing it. The overworld is a third-person big head mode character that you run across this cartoony, uh, you know, overworld map that Tiny Teen has made where the tipped-over orange soda is a river of lava and there's Cheetos mm -hmm. over there and they're, you know, you sneak around and fight through different areas and then you get to the bottle cap bridge that you knock down and that's a shortcut to get to where you want to go. You pick up side quests and you do all this different stuff there. Uh, that's given it such a different vibe. Like, the fact that this game is it has actually, I think, very well pulled off playing a game inside the game where it is very different i know that i am playing uh bunkers and badasses i do not feel like i am playing borderlands inside this you know the fact that this is a first person looter shooter that has random encounters like in the tall grass enemies pop up and you can fight to go get dropped into these little encounters fight them get your xp get your little reward like it's taking the mechanics and stuff that Borderlands is, of course, of shooting and fighting and then getting to upgrade and level up and get a skill point and giving it a new lens and a cool way to go through and do it. And so that has all been impressive. I would say what has caught me off guard is that I feel like it is really a single-player story for me. This is how I would play it. Of course, Borderlands is a four-player drop-in, drop-out, instant, you know, loots uh, you know, divvied up. They have the great scaling system now where you know you can be level 60 and drop in with a level 6 character and everybody feels like they're being challenged. Though since Tiny Tina is narrating the story and I'm getting the, the quips from Wanda and like, you know, Will Arnett's popping up to say different shit. Like I would. And Andy Samberg. Come on, Greg. Yeah. Is he the other guy? Is he the other yeah, guy no. at the table? Okay. He fucking rules. <laughs> you, I don't, uh, he's done nothing of like note to me where I like, he's popped oh, up he's and I'm great. like, because you're there, you must be important, but I don't know who you are. I'm not catching. Yeah, I love him. I love him. I love listening to them interact with each other and talk to each other. And so like, I, I, 
obviously Borderlands is meant to be played with other people and having them jump in and yada, yada, yada. But like, I would not do that with the main campaign. I would, I probably wouldn't do that until the end of it. And when you switch over, uh, however, like, I think that's the upside to it. of like how great the sort, how interesting the world is in this in there. Then the fact of playing it is it's still very much Borderlands, right? It's still shoot, shoot, shoot. It's still run over there and, you know, open the crate. And like I had said, when we had come, when I, I don't know if I've talked about it on a show. I thought I had, but like the end game stuff, I was impressed. Like how it didn't seem like they were reusing a lot of assets. It's, it felt like its own thing. Playing this version of it, it's like, oh, these are the like reskin safes and crates and everything else from Borderlands Three to open to get the stuff. That's not bad, but it also just doesn't make it feel like exciting and new. And in the same way, like, you know, I'm getting these. It's early for me still. You know, I'm not like high level and I'm still exploring the skill tree and yada yada yada. My powers aren't outrageously fun so it's like i do feel like i'm in it for the story but then also like the gameplay i feel like is well-worn territory at this point which is where i'm talking about being on this uh precipice of like if i really wanted to i feel like i could commit another couple hours and be in love with it and platinum it and do the whole rigmarole or i could walk away and play 100 more hours of wwe 2k with my time right now you uh, mike and andy you've both played it right like i feel like i might have played maybe a little bit more now but like you've played it right yeah i think we chatted about it last week maybe uh, i don't know if it was on the post show or the regular show um but um we tried playing on stream and then they 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 had a lot of issues at launch um, problems, yeah. it, it was a pretty broken game in terms of just matching up with people which is unfortunate because that friday i was like really wanting to play because i had really dug the short time that i'd had with it i had played about um an hour and a, an hour and 45 ish and then I put in an extra maybe hour 45 after that, uh, just kind of on my own time. Uh, the game's just really creative and fun. Again, I, I think my biggest one of my biggest issues with Borderlands 3, such a fun game to play. But um, I am one of the people that I always just thought the writing was like just really kind of cringy and it just tried too hard. And um, I have really been digging a lot of the the angles that they're taking with Ashley Birch as Tina and the rest of the cast and crew, which are phenomenal. I think it is super creative. Like Greg was mentioning, you'll run into moments, uh, Tim, where you are you land in a place and Tina's telling you the story and then she'll just go like, uh, I don't know, and then blah, blah, blah happens. And then that thing will happen in the world because she's making it happen. Um, so there's a lot of really cool visual things that are happening because it's this sort of story that she's just telling on the fly. Um, at one point you uh at one point early on you are breaking these catapults to stop the enemy from like you know catapulting uh their trebuchets you know and then you have to get to this next area and then will aren't or uh, um andy sandberg goes well what if we just magically put the trebuchet back together and then use it to launch yourself over and tina's like you know what? I usually wouldn't let that pass, but yeah, sure. That sounds fun. Let's do that. And you just kind of magically put this trebuchet back together and you get in it and launch it. There you go. There you go, Bear. Um, Bear just brought up a trebuchet right now um, job, for all the audio of, listeners. Age of Empires trebuchet. Age of Empires trebuchet. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's just, it's super creative and I'm, I'm way more impressed with it than I ever thought I'd be. I think it's a neat spin um enough on the formula that we are really used to um because i still think like the general formula of borderlands is fun as hell and i'm i'm higher on the gameplay than greg is on it and i think this is i think it's because of my first time playing on keyboard mouse so mixing mm -hmm. up all of these sort of abilities that i have and i feel like a badass just 
spell here, headshots, headshot, headshot, spell there. Like you feel really, really in the action. Um, I'm way higher on it uh, than I ever thought I'd be. So I, I, I think it's. Are you getting back to it? Are you gonna like get in? There's, it's either that, and I want to play Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy, mm-hmm. and I want to play mm-hmm. uh, an an indie game na- named Etora. Um, there's, there's just What's way Etora? too much to play, man. Huh? What's Etora? Etora is a sort of like side-scrolling game based on, um, I think like uh, uh, Aztec culture, I believe. It's it's kind of like a fantasy side-scroll, oh, but I, it's I really really cool. It. Yeah, really cool graphics. Um, but I saw it on my Steam wishlist and i was like oh my god i forgot i wishlisted this way back in the day um so i ended up buying it um here it is yeah it's gorgeous um so this is a game that i was like really wanting to start up and i was like no maybe I, now's not the right time i need i'm not in the right headspace for it but this is one that i want to definitely dig into as well um and there's one more thing aside from all of these other games that we've been talking about and i'm having trouble but see this is right my now. point with it right where i just feel like it's we have had this review season. You smell it in the air. You do the thing, blah, 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 blah. And Tiny Tina came out and is a really fun game and is a really creative game and is a really enjoyable game. But it's just all those things, right? It's all those reallys. It's all those adjectives you put the really in front of that like, yeah, 100%. Like, I really feel like it's a game I'm going to put down right now and then maybe in May or some other, you know what I mean? When I've run my course a little bit with WWE and I've got that out and whatever else takes my attention, yada, yada, there's going to be a day where I'm like, you know what I could really go for? Just laughing and questing and leveling and getting a cool skill tree and that'll be Tiny Tina. Mesoamerican says Jorge Suarez. Thank you, Jorge. <laughs> and then uh, Josh G says, buy your, buy your review season scented candles to keep the season going. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's a, that's a money opportunity right there. Very few people out there know there is a kind of funny scented candle out there right now that you can get. Uh, what's the company, Greg? Wick and Skull. Wick and Skull. Wick and Skull. Yes, exactly. You can get the kind of funny scented candle. A lot of conversation back and forth. What does kind of funny smell like? We're trying to get some chicken <laughs> wings. And yeah. it, they, they, they had barbecue wings. They didn't have chicken wings. So it was a whole thing. So we have we ended up just going with what does blue smell like? Yeah. <laughs> and that. so that's what that's what like this that. is. It smells that's like ozone, sea air. salt, and light oh, musk. Beautiful. It's a really which nice makes sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But uh the fun thing is we should probably hit the back up and what is the review season smell you yes, know blessing has got to figure it out Sweat <laughs> and depression. Yeah, exactly mike have you Bring played it. it right what did you think of time yeah, i'm uh 12 hours in and it's really oh, wow. fun oh, to you're hear you guys just thoughts well I, i've played one character pre-release so thank you to gearbox and the team over there for sending me that code so i played one character of course now i switch consoles i didn't want to do the whole carry this character over so i restarted but I've played 12 hours of Borderlands, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, and uh, it's fun because hearing you two, it's like, oh, that's exactly how I feel. And I'm actually similar to you, Greg, but on the opposite side where I'm actually like, I'm, I don't want to play much more of this game. I'm finding it on the gameplay side to just be the repetitive Borderlands. And when I'm playing it with friends, I'm missing all of that writing. I'm missing those yeah. jokes. And I think for me, it's like I, the only way I'm going to stick with Borderlands is to play this single player or else I'm out on Borderlands right now. Because I find myself, we're playing it multiplayer, me and Washi, and now we're having a conversation, and I'm missing Tiny Tina's fun quips. I'm missing the goblins telling their story to Washi, and it's like, oh, man, I'm just mindlessly shooting at these skulls and uh, or all these skeleton fighters and goblins and monsters. And it's just kind of going 
by the wayside for me. But I will echo some of your guys' starts. I think the special part about this was the new fantastical setting, right? Getting away from the dusty, just burnt out Borderlands vibe that we've always had with the Mad Max and the gears and the cars. This has been really nice to see the fantasy settings and what they can do with those settings. I think it's really, really cool. The writing has been elevated where it is fun to listen to. It is fun to see these new jokes that they bring into a franchise that we've known for so long. And another one I would highlight is actually the character creator. I think it's really, really cool, right? When you come from Borderlands, you know you usually stick to the characters they've given you and you put on different customization and different colors. But this is the first time where you get to be you and you create that Bunkers and Badass character. And I thought that was really cool of like, oh, wow, I'm really actually customizing a Borderlands character that will be put in the game. And then on top of that, what I found interesting was the new skill tree and what they're doing with attribute points, right? This isn't something that's very familiar to the Borderlands formula of instead of three skills, skill trees, you take it down to one skill tree and then you have attribute points to put in very similar to a Dungeons and da- Dungeons and Dragons RPG type system. Um, another yeah, you one. You build it off a character sheet, right? Like yeah, when you exactly. get it. I was very impressed with the character creator too. I made you know, Diana of Themyscira, right? And it was like, I felt like that made so much sense, like you're talking about, because I was Flack in Borderlands 3, and mm-hmm. no matter how many customizations I got, I still never thought Flack looked awesome. I like the character, I like the moves, but like the look of it I didn't dig, whereas this I'm, I'm very much into, okay, cool, customization, getting to change your face around, do all these different things. I, I do think that the ultimates and the special abilities are lacking in this one. I don't think they have the wow and the pizzazz factor like previous Borderlands where you would see Amara go up into the air and shoot down, you know, acid rain onto people flying all around. And now these ones seem very basic and by the books. They're not flashy. They're not wowing, right? I see a couple of tornadoes that Washburn throws, but my berserker just kind of acts, jumps into somebody. My paladin just threw their hammer on the ground. There was a small lightning bolt around it. So for me right now, the gameplay isn't, catching me in that it's more of the single player mm-hmm. like oh man i do enjoy this story and i like the jokes when i can hear them so i might fall out of borderlands or i might play it by myself but i'm on a weird tipping point with this game right now yeah me too moving on from tiny tina let's close out the episode talking a little bit about wwe 2k 2022 greg you seem completely in on this game in a way that i'm a little surprised by but very excited about Timothy. I can't believe how much I love WWE 2K22. I know I already did the review, obviously, gave it a four out of five, as you might recall, and you know talked about what a great time I was having with it in the different modes and yada yada yada. But it's the fact that, like I still turn that thing on and I'm like, what do I want to do today? There's still so much at my fingertips to do, and it's so fun and it's so different, and there's so many crazy things to go do. And I mean this from you know, me and Mike just came up, are coming off of right now our first KFW stream, K- kind of funny wrestling, right? Where, of course, Olive Party uh, has been making all of kind of funny in the uh, uh, game in the Amazing Creation Suite. Today we went in and you know went through and tr- made everybody's attributes where they needed to be. We're gonna have everybody be 88s. Uh, you know, we built out all these things. Uh, we you know started making the rules. We called WWE Superstar Xavier Woods because we want our Intercontinental Belt to be the up, up, down, down belt. Xavier is of course going to be the commissioner 
winner of this in video game league if you're not paying attention we're basically going to do a federation on twitch and on obviously youtube.com slash kind of funny plays where you can catch today's kfw stream where we are going to do my weekly stream will be kfw and we will do uh basically a raw or smackdown show where we have this whole federation where the ai plays and we commentate over it and we build the pay-per-views and milk mommy will defend the world title and yada 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 all the stuff you that's goofy about it but even right there right the fact that all we're doing there is letting the ai play each other and then we're going through and you know using all parties creations and changing moves and changing entrances and building out logos and stuff like this uh is one way to play the game and then on saturday uh my friend sean who's of course you know probably from the avengers uh play sessions and stuff he came over and we finally got to sit on the couch and play this together and it was like such a fucking trip dude i'm just like i haven't enjoyed a wrestling game like this since no mercy period end of statement wow. and i'm talking about That's every game awesome I played. to hear and, and you know how much i fucking loved uh you know smackdown just bring it on ps2 when I, I still have my uh college stat sheet from all the different wins we had as a dorm floor and who had what and blah blah blah, blah. and you know i played here comes the pain and you know i reviewed all these games for ign and yada 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 like Sitting there with Sean was such a trip back to being in the basement with Poe and the guys and playing No Mercy. And it being like the thing of, you know, we went through and we did a bunch of different match types. And then it was like, all right, cool. Well, let's do the thing where, you know, house rules. We each hit the random button three times. And then you pick the wrestler you're going to be in that match. You know what I mean? From those three. And like shit like that. And like having fun. And like I was telling Mike on stream today, right? Like it's the first time in a long time where I've played a human being in a wrestling game. And this is not, I, Andy, I gave you all of your flowers. I gave you all your flowers on the stream today. This is not me doing a character. Like when I do about Andy and golf, like Andy's decidedly better at golf than me, right? In the video game golfs and real at golf too, but video game golfs were, you know what I mean? But I get really shitty and, you know, pompous in character about it. Like wrestling games. I've always been in my friend group, right? Like, top of the thing or right there with it right and this is the first time where i've played a friend in a wrestling game and been like oh man i'm a step behind like sean's better than me right like i'm but the the game and that was there's two different things to pull away from there fucking getting old bro you can't old. Old. <laughs> it's that number one that okay cool it, i like the gameplay mechanics of even though he's better than me i'm still in this i can still revert like i know people are back and forth about how you can reverse finishers and you can reverse whatever and do it like the fact that it is this sim like arcadey game like where it is like you some people you know it's annoying sometimes when goldberg's no selling your shit but like the fact that you are able to get back up and be back in the fight like i was never out of it even in the matches where i was like oh man like you have a way better advantage here than i do and blah blah then the other side of it like i was telling mike today right like as a pve person somebody who plays like games like the division or avengers because i like teaming up and fighting the the uh, computer right like i when Sean left, I was very much like, I need to go to the lab. I need to get better. I need to like, you know, use my stream time to actually get out there and wrestle just online and blah, blah, blah. Like it wasn't demoralizing. Like, I, oh man, that sucks. Like kind of like, and I guess this also would speak to the fact that gap's not as great, but like how playing Tim or Barrett in Mario Kart is demoralizing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you know, all the shortcuts and you know, all the things. And I just, I don't have a shot at you. It wasn't that big of a gap, but that's how I kind of feel where like, that and smash where i'm like well i'm never gonna enjoy this game enough to put in the time to get as good as i need to be whereas this i'm like i'm not that far off if i commit and i do this i can be as good as and then it's like how good could i be and yet yet like there's that and then on top of it then just like my faction i'm still playing i'm still doing all that shit i'm still getting all these different things like i and then i i just started a new twitter list of 
WWE creators I'm following because so many people are doing crazy cool shit in there. I fucking downloaded an amazing Raven and Jericho today. Like, it's in, like there's so much cool shit in this game that I'm playing this like uh, probably unlike any wrestling game I've ever played. There's a bunch of different touchstones for things I've seen or done in other experiences, but I'm still so impressed with this game. Mike, I know you've been part of the streams and all that. Like, how are you feeling about the game? Uh, you know, the game is actually kind of becoming something really special to me, and I think it's because I get to bond with Greg. Uh, this is something, you know, Greg is a big single-player guy, and the games that we have tried to bond over, Back for Blood, he had a baby and missed out on all the fun, right? Um, of course, he tries to bring me into Marvel's Avengers, and I, you know, begrudgingly do play, but I, I, I never vibe with it, right? But for me right now, this is becoming something special because not only do I get to bond with Greg and we'll get to create some awesome memories, but on the flip side, like I'm now using this in a different way than I ever would have used a WWE video game before, right? Back in the day, it was me and my little brother smashing every button, trying to do the biggest, craziest things, but not understanding, right? And so I still do that, but actually I'm more using the uh, AI simulation tool mm. of this video game and really elevating my commentary and broadcasting skills. And I think that's really fun something I've never really done before. I think I've used Halo and Fortnite and Apex in this realm, but I've never gone over to sports games and go, oh, wow, I could have just put on NBA 2K in sim mode and just broadcasted over that, right? And so being with Greg and actually having a touchstone to kind of funny now with the creative characters that we've had and just kind of playing in my own sandbox on a Saturday night where the kind of funny best friends will tune into a stream and I'll just turn off my camera and commentate. It's been a ton of fun. And... I still don't understand the buttons. I have come full circle with my good friend, Kevin Asex, who makes it more fun, right? As Greg brought up of like selling it and making the match worth watching and enjoying. It's not a fighting game anymore to me. Like I used yeah, to take it on a show. I have to beat you. Andy is right. I have to know all the buttons. It's more, Oh man, that's crazy. Kevin, you did this to me. And then like the momentum swings my way and I'm learning more of like, let's put on a show and have fun instead of that pressure of, Oh, I have to beat this person because it's a fighting game, right? And so WWE is actually getting more playtime than I definitely thought it would. And it's becoming something that's special, not only sharing it with Greg, but with my friends of what we'll be able to do. And I, I enjoy using it as a tool to elevate certain aspects that I really, really like in gaming. 100%. I think, you know, one of the things I found interesting today, like when we were streaming, is I did it at the end, we did, I just did an online match randomly against some guy, Tim, right? And in the middle of the match uh we start me and mike started talking or my mike and me stumbled on the fact that i was like trying to change my streaming day permanently to monday he's like oh really and i kind of got distracted and this dude dropped like three finishers on me right and i was like well this thing's over but i was able to get a reversal in because he was playing around right and suddenly i gave him a run for his money i was hanging in there with him like we went the distance and it was one of those things i love the star rating up in the corner for your match and it was that thing of like i lost that match but I didn't get dominated. Like you watched that thing and it was kicking out of finishers. It was this, like I'm giving him uh, you know, I was triple H I'm giving him pedigrees. Like, is this going to be it? We're all in on it. We're freaking out. Oh, this is uh, when I was just playing the AI today, I downloaded this awesome Raven and I have this Tommy dreamer and I put, put dreamer through a flaming table as Raven. It's just like, again, like and then I ran in the ring and I was like, he's probably got the right taunt. Right. And I run Raven over to the corner and taunt and sure as shit. He's got the Raven fall on the floor. Like it's just such, it's so impressive the way things are happening in this. And like, even here, like, you know, I'm granted I'm playing the AI, but you see the stars ticking up over there. I think it's another thing of like, all right, cool. You can beat the AI, but can you go do a five-star match? And that speaks so much to me and my uh, 
heart and soul of uh, No Mercy. And I remember so, so distinctly, you know, whatever, months of having that game. And uh, it might have been WrestleMania 2000 based on how I got rid of No Mercy when it was broken. Uh, but the idea of, you know, having Cactus Jack and having Triple H and having the Royal Rumble Arena in like, I remember distinctly the time I for no I'm just fucking around and I pedigree Cactus Jack on the announce table. The announce table explodes, his face busts open, and I was like, "This is so perfect." I was just going through and doing spots and trying to make a cool match, not trying to win. I knew I could do that. It's the same thing as happening here when you're out there of like, what what are you trying to accomplish in the ring that time? Dude, I love it. I I can't wait to to go to YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny Place just like all you can and check out the stream. Uh, I actually have it pulled up. It's live now as we're even recording this, uh, the stream they did today, because I want to see all of the, the the dumb jokes and shit that you have about everybody, but, like, the choices you make about their movesets. I, I watched some of the stream, seeing what you're doing with Andy and uh, uh, with Johnny Ace and all that stuff, but, like, it's just so, so cool. Are you happy with the level of customization it allows you? Like, top question for me is, can you have a, okay, your entrance is the Shane McMahon entrance, but your in-ring moveset is the Eddie Guerrero moveset, but the taunts are this. Is it that granular, or is it kind of like, okay, you can just copy this person? It is 100% that granular. Wow, that's cool. So you can make, like, what we're doing right now, and again, this is, uh, you know, we call this day zero for KFW, right? Because it wasn't us actually doing the show we think we're going to do, but it was us building out and making people work the way they should. But it's like, we were going in there and it was all right, cool. Like we went through and set everybody's attribute points to where we think they should be to, we want everybody to net out to 88. So it's kind of an even playing field, but that did, you know, like, well, Gary should be strong, but you know, Janet should be fast and yada, yada, yada. Uh, and then it was like, all right, well, let's just assign move sets to people. And if you want to like blessings, like I want to build my own move set. We're like, go do it, go do your thing. Right. And Andy's, you know, uh, I do too. Okay. Well, we gave you a move set now, but you're free to go. Uh, I'll watch it and then I'll I'll see how I feel about it. And I think it it might even be as easy as like, yeah, because you have the Miz's moves applied. Okay, cool. Uh oh. Oh, we lost. Oh, he froze. Yeah. Am I gone? Hey, he's back. He's back, everybody. Oh, there was Jesus Christ. Yeah, I was like, I was like, we gave the Miz your, we gave you the Miz's move set, Tim. And then I just looked and you were like fucking frozen. I was like, oh god, here we go. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, like I mean, I think it might be as simple as you know, people like what they don't, and then maybe people pick their finishers. You know, (laughs) what you want your entrances to be, but yeah, you can break it up however you want. Like it's to the granular level of like how you know I was showcasing Mike's uh entrance you know he uh olive party gave him ray mysterio so he shoots out of the ground and does all that and then he was like pointing at the sign he's like oh yeah new day i like that i have the new day thing i'm like well i'm going to make you an x cast entrance video it's just like on the litany of things we need to make for this federation and do that's a bit far behind yeah Yeah, i want to jump off that and you know i'm actually really impressed with the creation tools that they have coming from NBA 2K background, right? And seeing what the 2K team does with wrestling, it's actually very similar because NBA 2K, you can really dive deep into the animations of your custom characters and what they do. And so to see it on wrestling and even be kind of tenfold with what Greg is bringing up of like intro videos and all that jazz, it is really, really impressive. And it's cool to see they put the love and care into this game with that kind of creation tools. It's awesome. Hell yeah. Well, everyone, stay tuned to youtube.com slash kind of funny plays and twitch.tv slash kind of funny games for all of your amazing content that you're about to see. Our amazing content you're about to see. I got distracted by something happening. Anyways, we're about to do the post show. It's about to be fun for everybody on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. But for everyone else, I love you.